0: Lecture ladies and bursary boys Live out in a chilly garret Master the art of the long vacation And is that an N5 qualification under your robe Or are you just happy to see me? Tweet 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 (laughs) It's time to talk tall to me (laughs) The secret language of birds Yeah 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 that's great Welcome back. I am Professor Omen Thomas Sade, And I am T.A. Nick McGill. Together we are your hardest course to pass, the Feckless Moems. And this, my sweet little chickadees, is Talk Toll to Me. A nighttime matriculation in these hollowed halls of prog rock, in which newsletter Nick and open examination Omen will defend our theses on the literary significance of each and every track that Refractory Rock Band Jethro Tull have ever presented Viva Voce to the advisory board. We will provide a glory grant for the Andy Giddings graduate student, we will profess the prodigious prospectuses of D. Muse Done Perry, and we will blast-pass our B1 examinations of the Common European Framework of Reference for Languages with Martin Lancelot Barr as our apt tutor. And if we can properly utilize the Oxford comma and not make an eaten mess of our homework, we may one day dream of passing our A-levels and... The continuous assessment of the prog professor, the coursework curmudgeon, the fresher's weak flautist, the highlander with highest honors, a singer with a summa cum laude in solipsism, a man who's never heard of a word limit, Ian Accreditation Anderson. I want a certificate from his accredited university. (laughs) Yeah. Do you know what an Eaton mess is? It sounds so familiar. I don't... It's a dessert. Is it really? Yeah, Eaton is one of the big old colleges. E-A-T-O-N? Is that right? E-T-O-N. Maybe there's an A in there. Oh, okay. What is it? I don't know. I've never had it. I've never been to Eaton. We might have to do it. It's consisting of a mixture of strawberries or other berries, meringue, and whipped cream. That's literally it. It sounds amazing. Whack a couple of berries and some meringue in there and top it off with whipped cream. It sounds pretty good. It's a pavlova that you dropped, essentially. Yes, it's a deconstructed pavlova. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Wonderful. Nick, welcome back to the podcast. We are here to get schooled in the lessons of Jethro Tull. What is the coursework that we have the pleasure of talking Tull about here at this very lecture? We have studied long and hard and are prepared for the oral examination of Sparrow on the schoolyard wall. Oh, I'm really excited about this one. I actually really, really enjoyed this song. I mean, I know I say that about every song on this album. But it's it's not untrue about this song. It's not. This time, (laughs) I'm not lying. You've lied about one song on this album, and we'll never know which one it was. Are you ready to take a listen to Sparrow on the Schoolyard Wall? Let's chirp away at this song. Omen. Nick McGill. Omen. <laughs> that was Sparrow on the schoolyard wall, and what a beautiful little ditty it is! Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: It is quite the ditty. It is uh, about a five and a half minute ditty, even. Yeah, doesn't feel laborious though. Doesn't feel long. No, no, even with that that two minute fade out at the very end. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't feel that bad, no. Fascinating intro. Often we talk about the introductions to Jethro Tull songs being uh, slow layers, where you have one thing mm. setting the mood, then something else comes in. Pretty much every instrument is represented early on in this very beginning intro. You- very quickly. You have the bass palpable, you have the organ being ominous and sexy. You've got a flute riff, you can hear the mandolin, a little bit of percussions. So everything's kind of in that mix. Yep, tambo, we get some bass drum, we get Martin stinging. As you mentioned in the intro, our keyboards this week are Andy. Yes, Andy Giddings comes in with uh, with keys on this one, and you can tell that there's a little more flavor to it than Ian's hermetically sealed keyboards. <laughs> there's something more to it, I think. I imagine Ian plays the Fairlight CMI the way that boomers type on the keyboard, you know, with one, one finger. hunting and pecking, yeah. <laughs> Now, of course, Ian's a great keyboard player. He can do anything he wants, yeah. but it's nice to have Andy Gidding and, you know, have a specialist in there. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of the specialists, Mr. David Pegg coming in at about 28 seconds with a lovely bass riff. Yes. That part's Ian, but yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. Yeah. We start with a question, immediately a question. All right. All right. Mind if I play a song? Everyone ready? All right. <laughs> 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 it's great. I love it as as kind of a, a spark plug to get the song going. Mm, yeah. Everything's like building up. So like, I guess everybody's the gas, but he is the spark. Yes, He's yes, yes. He's the spark yes. to ignite it. It's yeah. warming up. The gas is warming up. Mm-hmm. I assume you warm the gas up before you ignite it. Yep. Yeah, you don't? You don't do that with yours? I always do. The Abarth's light enough, you could just pick it up and put it over a Bunsen burner and just hold it for a little bit. I I get my gas pre-warmed from the pump. You gotta pay extra for that though. You do, but it's worth it. They talked you into it, didn't they? They did. did. It's supposed to keep your engine cleaner. But yeah, no, with, with that vocal expression. All right. All right. He kind of releases the tension that's been building up. We have the mandolin coming in, sweeping in right there with a lot of feeling. Mhm. It's back from having been stolen. It's making up for lost time. Yep, yep. Yeah, it kind of spills over. Everything spills over at that point when it, and it's just kind of like, you know, you have, I forget what it's from, but you ever see that representation of the ocean where it's like it's like horses running as a wave? Yeah, sure. You know, that's what it feels like to me. It's just everything's just like whoa it's where you, you've you taken a, a tumbler and you've filled it up past the edge of the tumbler using just the surface tension of the water. That's right. And then Ian's voice is like dropping a little bit of Dawn dish soap. That's it. Breaks the surface <laughs> tension. Yeah. You're onto it. The mandolin is interesting in this because it is really the forefront of the strung instruments here. It's even, Martin is kind of, at least in the mix that I'm listening to, on the speaker that I was listening to it, Martin seems to be playing a bit behind the mandolin, like yeah, like letting that take the the forward position, or maybe it's in the mixing. But it's a it's a great sound. Little sparrow on the schoolyard wall. Little
1: sparrow on the wall. Yeah.
0: yeah, until that breakdown, that big breakdown at the end, sure. But yeah, he's just in it for the stings at this point. He just pops up, goes poew, Yeah. Meanwhile, the entire time the, the Mando's ripping around along under the background. Yep. But the Mando is not It's not terribly folky this time. It's more practical, I guess. It's practical mandolin. Yeah, it is. I'm trying to think of what how to compare it, because it You're right. It's not being played in a traditional Irish style. It's not being played in a bluegrass style. It's almost being played as if it's a guitar in a way. Kind of, yeah. It's being played in a rock style, I guess. We do get a couple of moments somewhere around the two minute and a half or, or two minutes, somewhere in the two minute minute. The minute of twos. Between yeah. the minute of two and the minute of three. Gotcha. Ian has the, the line, and I don't want to play the piper here, I'm only banging on a mandolin. Mm-hmm. When we hear the mandolin go, boom, 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 boom,
1: And I don't want to play the pipe. I'm only banging on a mandolin. But anyway,
0: you're just a little spiral. Kind of that same riff that the, that the bass had done before. Yeah. Right. That's as close as we get to anything approaching traditional mandolin playing, I would say. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Picky, fun, not really tremolo. Just kind of, just just there, just using it for the instrument that it is without worrying about a style or a particular version of uh, playing. Which, what could be more true to the history of Jethro Tull? Nothing. Nothing more. Nothing at all. Nothing. Actually, the mandolin in this song is, is uh, it's not credited, but it's actually being played by Big Riff. Really? Yeah, they brought him back for this one track. He was on his way... His probation officer was like, "Hey, we're in town. Do you want to?" Yeah, it was basically like a make-a-wish. Like, all right, let's let six <laughs> last days of jail freedom for life <laughs> <laughs> for grand larceny. <laughs> Boy, there are some really interesting. So this is a again, we're still in the blues milieu, as it were, the kind of American, yeah, the American sound here with this album. Mm-hmm. But there are some really fun. Rhythmic details that I think Make this song delightful Mm -hmm. It's in 4-4 and it doesn't deviate From that as far as I can tell For example there's a great Oh okay in the second verse There's nothing wrong with sparrows But try to be a sparrow hawk Hunting in the evening and floating in the heat of the day You might You might uh, Might acquire some predatory instincts There's nothing wrong with sparrows But try to be a sparrow
1: in the evening, I'm
0: floating in the heat of the day you might might acquire some predatory incense. I think that that is so cool because it's unexpected you might might I it's completely unnecessary you yeah. might acquire some bread I just I love the way that he scans it cuz the scansion on this song in general is pretty straightforward yeah It's true. But he has some moments that even um, don't stay forever in your limbo fly before you fall. Don't stay forever in your limbo fly before you fall. Little sparrow on a schoolyard wall. He's going back and forth between staccato and legato Mm -hmm. with the words. And I find it interesting. (laughs) I find it intimidating. No, I find it intriguing. It draws me in. Anything else? Exacerbating? Uh, titillating? Uh, it, um, it's full of lactose. Yep. Okay. And take your lactaid before you listen to the song. I know it's going to give me an upset stomach, but I don't care. It's kind of worth it. Yeah. So you were saying that this is, this sticks with our blues tradition. I think this is one of the lesser blues sounding songs, though. I agree. It is more firmly rock and roll. Mm. It's still a bluesy type of rock, as opposed to, yeah, something that we would say, "Ooh, it's definitely prog, prog rock." Yeah, 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 or definitely blues. We're definitely blues. Yeah, it's somewhere in the middle. Yeah, it's tempting. What's the word I'm looking for? It's uh, it's arousing. It's uh, it's 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 um. In- It makes you want to know more about it. Mm. It's easygoing, but mysterious. Mm. Just the way you like it. Yeah. You would approach this song at a bar. I think I'd be approached by this song at a bar. Wow. I would let this song buy me a drink. That's confidence on your part. I would stand and wait and like sigh. And bat your eyelashes at it. Until the song came and hit me up. What Jethro Tull song would, would hit on me at a bar? Um, wow. That, uh, that was not a question I was expecting. Um, one of the really string heavy acoustic ones Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: and it would hit on you by coming over and telling you it's, it's life story and then crying. Well, I mean, you got me to a T, so um, it, would, it would work. Let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> it would use the tactic of like, I'm all out here all on my own. I just need someone to some mustachioed man to protect me. <laughs> I'm a sucker. Yep. I'm a sucker for the damsel. Yeah, gotta say. At 2:50, we've got a great short flute solo. <laughs> There's not a lot of, like, anyone taking a solo in this song and really, really running with it. Yeah. It's all short bursts. Yeah. That last chunk, that, like, 345 on, Martin's pretty forward there, but he's really, he's trading off back and forth with Ian. Yes. On the flute and the electric. And it's never sustained. It's never, like, this is Martin's part. Wow. It's just, like, phrase, 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 phrase. All the while, everybody else in the background is still knocking the shit out of it. Yeah, it is interesting in that regard, which takes it away from the blues tradition, really, Mm -hmm. where you might have somebody do a, a solo. It takes it away from the... Folk tradition where you might cycle through the instruments, which we, both of which we've seen right. before with Jethro Tull. There's something plenty convivial about this song. Yeah, it, everybody's contributing. It's a it's a collaborative effort here more than than usual. Not that there are songs where they're less collaborative, but this feels just like everybody's putting their their vegetable into the pot, and it's made a really nice soup. And because. No one is stepping forward and being like, "This is my. this is my moment." It feels very cool. Yeah, It feels very effortless. It, again, that's why I love this album so much, because the whole feeling of this album is, we don't have to try. We know who we are. Right? Either you like us or you don't. I'm going to give you advice, whether you take it or not. It's up to you. I'm not going to push. I gave it to you. It's on you now. I gave it to you. You should get tested. <sighs> I gave you something. We won't know until you get tested. (laughs) Get tested and let me know. Yeah. Because I don't have the money for a test. (laughs) It came back with herpes. Did you have herpes before me, though? No? No. Okay. All right. I I better run some more experiments. I have herpes. (laughs) (laughs) By by deduction. (laughs) Oh, boy. Goodness. At... 338 around there we actually return to the sound of the intro do rurururur jump a pam pam little sparrow on a schoolyard uh, the schoolyard wall little sparrow on a schoolyard wall almost a false ending before we get into that really big wind down Yeah, it feels like they're wrapping up there and they could very well have done the go back to the original sound fade out come back in and then rip for the rest of it but they don't even bother with that no need no need on this one no need they'd have to change their shoes yeah it hurts to bend down at this point (laughs) at this point yes it might (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You're only there. Nick, welcome. Hello, hello. Here we are. Have we here any correspondence? We have ourselves a handful of things that I'd like to rip on right through.
1: And it's my hand.
0: Oh no, Mary! I've been holding these up for the last three months. Hands to yourself, uh, I believe is is the rule that we've established. I
1: like the Brittany Spears
0: song where she
1: says that I keep my hands above the bed sheets. Yep,
0: yeah, yep, that's what I think of when I I think of you when I hear that song. Yeah.
1: I love the philosophy of Miss Brittany Spears! She has so much to offer the world.
0: Yes, Mary, you work it, bitch.
1: Leave Mary alone!
0: Anyway, thank you, Mary. Thank you for that. I appreciate you holding up those cue cards. (laughs) So to begin with, YouTube viewer Nuntius Legis. Oh my goodness. Which I believe roughly translates to, I choose a messenger. I did my homework. In Latin? Yeah, in Latin, yeah. Wow. Requested that we have subtitles activated on our YouTube videos. I didn't realize that we didn't. I didn't either. I'm so ashamed that it took so long. It never occurred to me. So I went through and I, I activated them for all of our videos. Great. Fair warning, they're auto-generated, so yeah, who knows what they may say at certain times. 80% accurate, much like yeah. our actual discussions. That's it. That's They're very appropriate for TalkTel to me. But... That being said, thank you, Nuntius, for bringing that to our attention. Yes. They tested them. I tested them. Everything looks like it's working fine. And if you run into something where it's not working, let me know. I'll jump in and, and see if I can fix it. That's great. Thank you so much, Nuntius Leggett, for alerting us. The squeaky wheel gets the oil. So if there are other things uh, that other of you observe and want us to adjust, uh, please let us know. Absolutely. Except our personalities and our contents, obviously. Can't. (laughs) At this point. 38 years. Baked in. Set. It's it's done. Yeah. Next, moving on to return writer inner Folky Phil, ladies and gentlemen. Folky Phil. Working on his dissertation. Folky Phil was one of the lucky folk who was able to attend the Jethro Tull Christmas concert. In Old York. From Folky Phil. The Christmas concert in Old York certainly was a rare and remarkable experience. The acoustics in a hugely tall, 1300 years old stone cathedral are unique and have more reverb than a Fleet Foxes album. This is great for deep rolling bass and soaring treble notes such as organ and bass, flute and choral singing. The Minster's own huge pipe organ was featured, as was guest choir but also means that every drum strike echoes forever, and so the overall sound quality was often rather chaotic by the time it reached me at the far end of the nave. Hmm. Much, but certainly not all, of the Christmas album was played, along with a very dramatic Mine is the Mountain, a Fantasia on the theme of Aqualung, and a rather peculiar locomotive breath to finish the night. There were about 1,600 people in the sellout audience, so the gig will have raised around 50,000 pounds for the upkeep of the medieval minster. Not a bad night's work. Alright. It was not your standard rock and roll gig, nor indeed a typical Christmas event, its tone being rather more dark than celebratory, but I would certainly attend a tall Christmas show again. And yes, Santa did pass us that bottle after the end. I forgot that that was a concert that was a, a fundraising event for the- for Yeah, yeah. The- with that building itself. That's great. That's so cool. I think they do a couple of them. Yeah. On other matters, I see that you are set to visit the UK in April. I'm sure you'll love the Isle of Skye if the weather is kind. If it isn't, you'll have to content yourselves with going on a hunt for old ghosts and souvenir wee plastic coolins. <laughs> All the very best, your folky friend, Phil. Folky Phil, thank you so much for writing in. It's always a pleasure to hear from you. I'm I'm so excited about the Isle of Skye. I think that whether the weather is wetter or better. I think we will have a good time. And thank you for the great description of the, of the concert. That sounds really unique. Yeah, sounds really cool. That would be one thing that I'd like to see, I think, eventually. We'll have to schedule another UK trip to see it, but to see the Atoll Christmas Benefit concert sounds really cool. There are no buildings in the US worth trying to preserve. Absolutely not. What, the McDonald's on the corner? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Amazing! The 1,300-year-old McDonald's was the historic site. Charlemagne once ordered extra fries here. (laughs) He waited too long for his coffee. And finally, to wrap up, we have a few comments from user writer Ro Carey on Instagram. This is in reference to the whaler's dues. Love your podcast. You guys need to watch the videos. And there are quite a few of this entire tour in The Whalers Dues. Oh. On the grunting part, Ian stabs himself with the flute, which levels him to the stage, then getting up for the finale of the song. So he pretends to... He harpoons, him harpoons himself. Harpoons himself. Yeah. He, he <laughs> flute-poons himself. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And also, in reference to Big Riff and Mando... The real story is the banner that was the backdrop behind the stage was stolen in New York City in 1988 before the Rock Island tour. Interesting, yeah. So I wonder if the Mando thing is a complete fabrication or it's in conjunction with. Yeah, it could be it's uh, interesting. Interesting to interesting to note, huh? Anyway, thank you, Roe, for those little tidbits. Always loving the additional info that we just do not have on some of these episodes. Only so much time that we can dedicate to immersing ourselves in every single piece of Tull Ephemera. And so we count on people like you to bring that to our attention and thank you. Thank you, indeed. Indeed. And thank you. <music> Nick McGill. Holman. Thomas. Said. What is a schoolyard wall and why is that referenced? Well, I'm assuming a schoolyard wall is the wall that separates the schoolyard from the general populace. Yeah, much more popular, much more common in the UK than it is here, although I suppose you would see that sort of thing in cities. Usually it's a fence or a private school. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Even in some of the older New York cities, you'd have an actual wall. I think. You know, if they've been built recently, they're usually fences and make it look like a frickin' prison. Yeah. And interesting, okay, a sparrow. What do we think the implication is making the subject of the song a sparrow on the schoolyard wall? Well, sparrows are common. Very common. They can be found all over the place. Very much so. They're also little cute birds. Oh, yeah. They're invasive in the U.S. They were brought over from the U.K. and released en masse. In Central Park for that dude who wanted to release yeah. all of the birds mentioned in every single Shakespeare. I, uh, yeah. Like a lunatic. <laughs> Fucking weirdo. Just eat all of the food mentioned in Shakespeare. Yeah, I know. You know, like... Yeah, throw a party. Way less ecologically damaging. Yeah, but... Yeah. You know, he was like, I'm doing a great thing! Everyone will thank me! Also, Sparrow could be... a term of endearment question mark for a young child a young girl you took the words right out of my beak whether it's sexual or just like familiar yeah yeah so i think that we're on the right track and i think all of those things will come into play as we discuss this it's it's interesting that there is this sublimated theme or implied theme of sexuality but also then the song specifically states that that's not what's going on hmm. if we jump down to the bridge of well I don't want to be your daddy I don't want to be your engineer of sin well,
1: I't want be your daddy. don't wanna be your engineer of sin
0: look girlie I'm not trying to gut into your pants you couldn't handle a real man like me I, uh, god but let me talk about getting into your pants up until this point, but I don't want to. But somebody should get in your pants. Someone should, but I, I'm not the one to do that. I don't even... Let's go through it. Alright. Yeah. Yeah. Alright. 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 You want to be a bookworm. Yeah, you want to be aloof. You want to sit in judgment looking down from your roof. You want to be a bookworm. Yeah, you want to be aloof. You want to sit in judgment.
1: Those are all questions. Mm-hmm. Did you ever want any of those things, Nick?
0: I mean, I I was and am a bookworm. Fair. I am aloof. <laughs> okay. Uh, more often than not, I sit in judgment, just not on the roof. So might be for you. <laughs> it is, it is. Yeah, so I mean, there's we have academia. There's a tendency within highly academic institutions, specifically, but also highly academic people or Academically institutionalized people to think of themselves as better, as separate from society, mm, mm-hmm. to be in one's ivory tower, to be on one's high horse—all of that sense of elevation, high tower, your ivory horse. Yeah. <sighs> so he's saying, "Oh, this is—I'm pegging you. Peg me, please. This is what you want. Yeah. Is, is this what you're going for here? Right. Like I see the the path that you're going down." And I have some thoughts about it. <laughs> yeah. I kind of like the all right, like it, it works musically like we were talking about, but it also feels to me like a little bit like he's climbed to the top of the wall to get to her. And he's like, he's brushing himself off. He's like, all right. So you want to be <laughs> a bookworm. <laughs> it, it's that's amazing. I love it. Now, there's nothing in here that says that the subject of the song is a, is a lady. It, it could be a young man. That's true. Yeah. This could be, you know sitting at the pub and Mr. Fancy Pants comes in already sporting leather patches on his sleeves and bringing the whole Encyclopedia Britannica on to have half a pint. And the the old geezer's like, listen, kid. Yeah. We have certain imagery, but it can be applied in in other situations for sure. So the first recommendation is try a wee sensation. But first you have to want to join in. The person don't want to in. So it's not enough to just, like, suck it up and do it. Like, you're never going to get anything out of it unless you want to do it. And what even is it? What is the wee sensation? What could that refer to? I don't know. A, a beer? Play kickball instead of read. Uh I mean, take a pull from the jazz cigarette? You know, like... Yeah, it could be any of that. Try a little tickle? A little bubble and squeak? A little bubble and squeak? A little, uh... Yeah, a little English cream? <laughs> I can't wait to get the English cream when I go. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure you will. <laughs> you should be, should be raging down the freeway with some friends from the mall. You should be, should be raging down the freeway with some friends from the mall. If ever there was a '90s lyric, early '90s, yeah. What I'm getting from this is. It is a conversation between experience and youth, whether like gender aside, sexuality aside, it's somebody who has experience saying to someone who is young, you are only going to be young once. There are things that you can only do and properly enjoy when you are young. And so you should go do them because you won't have the opportunity forever. Yeah. This, to me, feels almost like a parallel to Cross-Eyed Mary. I get the feel, the the schoolyard feel. and Yeah. Like, look at her over there. Look at the choices that she's made. She's having fun. Look at Aqualung over there. Right. (laughs) Look at the choices that he's made. Now, maybe go down the middle and have a little fun with your friends from the mall. Yeah. There's almost a deadbeat to the old... Deadbeat to an old greaser? To an old greaser vibe here, except it's more hopeful and not just completely depressing. Yeah, right. There's that sense of talking across time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's a universal idea. Don't stay forever in your limbo. Fly before you fall. Little sparrow on the schoolyard wall. Don't stay forever Little sparrow on the schoolyard wall. That I love. And I think that is kind of the, the chewy nugget of the song itself. I feel like that's really the thesis. Fly before you fall. Yeah, the whole thing. Don't stay forever in your limbo. Fly before you fall. Oh, yeah. I want to talk a little bit about perpetual students. Okay. This is a concept that some people are no doubt familiar with. Reminds me of one of my stepbrothers graduated undergrad and there was a sense that he didn't really want to go out into the real world yet he wasn't like ready for it and so yeah. he went to grad school <laughs> and when he was done with grad school he still was like oh well i don't I, I don't know i don't know i don't know if i have to do something with these degrees so he went to grad school again for another degree <sighs> i God. think now he's in the process of getting his phd and he's You know, forty-five. And madly in debt, I'm assuming. Well, probably. (laughs) But it's not an uncommon thing for people to say to delay an entry into adulthood by staying perpetually in this cycle of academia. Yeah. Getting just one more degree, just one more qualification. Yeah. But for what? If you spend your whole life preparing, what do you actually end up doing? Right. Yeah. Of course there's plenty of validity in, in getting well well studied up. Ultimately, I mean, you bring up the perfect point. What are you going to do with it? That information will just die with you unless you put it to use. And also, eventually, you will fall. I.e. die. Yes, so before you do that, you may want to spread your wings and see what you can actually do out there in the world, because you're going to fall anyway. So why not have flown? You know, who would love to hear you talk about your degree in ancient Grecian literature, your friends from the mall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. While you're raging down the freeway, just tell them about Odysseus. They would love it.
1: This reminds me of the flight from Athens.
0: <laughs> <laughs> There's also, I think, a, a biblical reference hidden in here. Oh. Oh. It's my favorite kind, the hidden ones. It's, yeah, that's the only kind we allow. The reference to the fall of a sparrow, mm. Matthew ten twenty nine. he's basically making an argument, someone is making an argument about God and, and, you know, how you have to believe. He says, what I tell you in darkness, that speak ye in light, and what you hear in the ear, that preach ye upon the housetops. He says, are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? And one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father, but the very hairs on your head are all numbered. Fear ye not, therefore, ye are more valued than many sparrows. So this idea that I think colloquially we say God marks even the fall of a sparrow. There's nothing that God doesn't notice. Oh, okay. Have you ever heard that phrase? Nope. Oh, probably. I'm sure it's pretty common. (laughs) <laughs> but this idea that, well, trying to, is there any actual connection to the song? Yeah, how does that... I mean, there is value in that person regardless of... I think that's it. What they do? I think that's it. I think saying, listen, Sparrow, maybe you want to stay in academia your whole life. Maybe you want to remove yourself from the world because you don't see yourself as having any value outside of your studies. Mm. But actually... You can freaking fly. You can be anything you want. You could get into trouble. You could become a criminal. You could succeed in some way that you could never even imagine until you get out there in the world and start messing around and getting your, getting your hands dirty. Yeah.
1: Okay, it works.
0: So dress a little dangerous, yes, and modify your walk. So dress a little dangerous. Reminds me of the end of Greece when Sandy comes out in her leather hot pants. Her walk is definitely modified at that point. Definitely. There's nothing wrong with sparrows, but try to be a sparrow hawk. There's nothing wrong with sparrows, but try to be a sparrow hawk. Also known as a kestrel, the smallest of the raptors. Hmm. Indeed. Hunting in the Evening and Floating in the Heat of the Day. day. I mean, on a basic level, or a base level at least, it kind of reads to me like, you know, you could probably get laid if you tried. (laughs) Yeah, it's there. I see it. I I see how it works. I mean, it's basically saying change up your habits. You go to bed at 7.30 with a, a cup of warm milk. Maybe go out at night. Yeah. Try something. Try something new. It really feels like, like the singer is speaking to somebody who's in their 20s. Mm-hmm. Who's saying like, you know that people around you are having fun and you could, you could do that. It's is is it you? It was me in my 20s. Did you, did you ever listen to this song and, and think, mm, maybe I should modify my walk? No. <laughs> no, just no. You went right back to down at the end of your road. Yes, yeah, so I put doggy poo-poos all over <laughs> the place so they would leave me alone. You might, might acquire some predatory instinct. Do the wolf pack crawl. You might, might acquire some predatory instinct. Do the wolf pack crawl. Sounds like a cool dance move. It does, yeah. But also the implication of like running a pack. You don't have to be solitary. Yeah, right. Right. The sparrow hawk is solitary, but the wolf pack is not. You've got your options. It's not a matter of sparrow hawk or sparrow, you know, alone one way or alone the other. That's right. There are options. You can experience the world in other ways. Yes. I love that interpretation of it. I think that's really it. And then I love that we pivot to look, I'm not the one to give you this experience. I don't want to be your daddy. Don't want to be your engineer of sin. Oh my God. Well, I don't want to be your daddy. Don't want to be your engineer of sin. It's like, I don't want to be responsible for this. I'm telling you to do it, but I, I'm not responsible. I I don't want to, be, I'm not the one who did it. It's also not the singer's place. If, if we cast this singer as someone older, it's like, look. Yeah. You and I aren't going to go out and rage down the freeway I have a mortgage, like I have to be responsible Yeah, I see, he's kind of like the cool uncle Yes Yes I don't want to play the piper here I'm only banging on a mandolin And I
1: don't want to play the piper here I'm only banging on a mandolin
0: The piper, you know, the implication being like I'm not going to lead you Yeah, right I'm not going to put a dick in your hand and tell you to suck it The Pied Piper reference, yeah. Oh, yes. I'm not going to pour you a pint. I'm not going to make you do a fireball shot. I'm going to put this pile of cocaine here. No one's making you do it. Listen, I'm going to set it here, and I'm going to walk away to tune my mandolin. If it's gone when I get back? Who's to say? I, nobody saw it happen. Nobody? (laughs) If a co-ed does coke when nobody's watching, did it really happen? (laughs) (laughs) Ask his bank account. (laughs) <laughs> and I love, you know, I'm Only Banging on a Mandolin is like, it's so brilliant because it undercuts the entire song in a way. It's very self-referential. And self-deprecatory. Yeah. Yeah, I got a sandwich at a deprecatory once. <laughs> Johnny Deprecatory is my favorite actor. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like, hey, listen, this is, this is my opinion at the end of the day. Take it or leave it. Yeah. I'm some old mandolin player. Right, 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 yeah. Maybe what I've become in my experience just is not feasible to you. Too cool for you. (laughs) It's not an existence you want, you know? Not everyone can have as much fun as I had when I was your age. (laughs) Working at a renaissance festival. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, we had some good times. You did. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't have any fun the entire six years you worked at the renaissance festival? I made sure not to. (laughs) No. Hmm. As soon as you started experiencing a wee sensation, you were like, sphincter, engage. This can't be good. <laughs> Finally, at the very end, we wrap up. There's nothing wrong with learning, nothing wrong with your books. Yes. So exercise some judgment. Too much broth, cocaine, can spoil <gasps> the cook. I'm not sure if it's... Yeah, it totally could be coke. There's nothing wrong with learning And nothing wrong with your books So exercise some judgment Too much broth can spoil the cook That's an interesting turn of phrase A play on too many cooks spoil the broth Right, 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 right In other words, too much of a good thing can make you crazy It was a good thing that happened to me
1: Too much of a good thing can make you crazy It's a good thing
0: that's coming up. That is that's still, lo- that's still, loving still loving you tonight. That's two out, two away. Yep. But that idea that look, learn, get your degree. That's awesome. You should do that, but don't yeah. do it too much. Don't do it to the detriment of your existence. Life experience. Yeah. Yeah. Feel a little sensation and know when it's time to join in. Moderation doesn't have to be all one thing all the time. And that's our lesson. You know, this song when I was that age actually really did speak to me. I think that's why I like it so much. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. There was a period, you remember this period, where I was very aloof, very book oriented, very much didn't want to sully myself. I mean, I had real panic about you know about like losing my virginity. I was like, what if I do it wrong? What if it comes back? What <laughs> <laughs> And I think a lot of people experience that, you know, like, oh, I have to, it has to be somebody that I love. And, th- and and there's nothing wrong with that. But using that as an example, I think that there are a lot of people who get caught up in the process of becoming an adult or experiencing the kind of normal things of youth and thinking like, well, I don't want to do it the wrong way and and tarnish myself, tarnish my reputation. Yeah. It'll be permanent. If I smoke that one joint, I'll be high forever. (laughs) They get bogged down in the details. Yes. And that need for perfection is what prevents that next step to begin with. Yes. And I think the thesis of this song, and I remember, maybe I just seemed like the kind of person who needed a lot of unsolicited advice when I was a, a kid, but I remember Somebody at some point saying, like, you have to at some point get your hands dirty. Like, that's the only way to experience life. Otherwise, it's all theoretical. Yeah. It reminds me of, you remember um at Sterling, we had the old mantra when it came to improv, dare to suck. Sure do, yeah. And Michael Riley, curmudgeon that he was, and mentor, would often say, Yes, dare to suck. But what if you dared to be good? Yeah. I think there's something of that in here. It's like, yeah, in order to fly before you fall, you have to take a jump. So you have to dare to fall in order mm-hmm. to f- fly, but then you should dare to fly and see what see what could happen. That's it. It's not if you dare to suck, you just you just accept sucking. No. You know, that's that's the learning process. That's the step exactly. to get to good to flight. Exactly. To a very expensive coke habit. <laughs> <laughs> the theme of the episode. Sparrow right, exactly, on the yeah. Schoolyard Wall, subtitle, A Very Expensive Cocaine Habit. Yep. By Jethro Tall. Yeah. It's the subtext. It's there. I feel it. I'm sure that Ian Anderson has never done coke in his life. Probably not. Closest he's ever gotten was when he put talc powder in his shoes. <laughs> Ooh, ooh, it tingles. Yeah, I shan't. Ooh. I shan't be doing that again. <laughs> Take them off immediately. I need Wash to them own. out. Shona, wash my shoes. <laughs> Martin, are you sure <laughs> it was foot powder? Bolivian marching powder, more like. <laughs>
1: Did you ever do anything fun, Nick?
0: <laughs> You've known me for 28 years? I'm still no. waiting. 28 years? No. When did we meet? Twenty. We went at 15. So 13 years. No, 23 years. There we That's go. That's it. That's the math. Math. No, I can't say that I have. I remember one time I convinced you to drink alcohol at a party at the pond, at a pond party. At a pond? Yeah, at Sterling. The oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah and i think that we tried a number of different we'd been trying different things to see if you would be able to palate it and you finally oh that's when i had chartreuse yeah yeah but eventually yeah. i think we landed on a box of franzia that you <laughs> that you were able to drink yes and you actually got tipsy you actually got a I little did, bit yeah. a little bit drunky poo it was the first time i ever got drunky poo and the last and the last i'm still drunky poo <laughs> But I felt like, I felt like I was a little bit your engineer of sin in that moment. Yeah. That line does not work for you in that, in that regard. You were my engineer of sin. You are, you were my daddy. I want to be your daddy. (laughs) I want, now accepting applications for daddy. I've just, I've just graduated (laughs) with a degree in sin engineering. I'm ready to work. I acknowledge I'm a square, but I don't feel like I've missed out on life. You know, I'm very happy with with what I've done and where I am. Well, there you go. I think then this song is not geared toward you. I think that if I had stayed on that if I'd kept my purity vows and, you know, never done anything more exciting than check out a library book, I think I would be unhappy. I think I would be very, very unhappy. Yeah, I'm sure you would. And yeah. I, I had to go through the fires of sin. You went literally all over the world to experience the fires of sin. I sinned on seven continents intercontinental <laughs> sinning <laughs> and I was miserable the whole time. but because of that, I feel a lot happier now. You learned from it exactly. I did that's it. you dared to suck and now you dare that to be good sucked I did <sighs> Nobody had to dare me for that. <laughs> Omen. Ah! This song, Sparrow on the Schoolyard Wall, was originally B3 on the vinyl. It got moved over to track number five. What is track number six that we are covering next week, regardless of where it falls on whatever iteration we are looking at? Yeah. I think that that's going to be one of the more opaque, one of the more interesting Gordian not-like songs on this album. A little bit of a, of a chestnut for us. Thinking Round Corners. Thinking Round Corners. I see. Very big nanny goat vibes in this one. Yes, yes. The return of the nanny goat is strong mm-hmm. in Thinking Round Corners. Yeah. Excited to get there. We have a very, yeah, a very character-y voice. So we are not even halfway through this album. We've got 14 tracks to get through for this album. So we're wow. we're, still, we're still just about halfway, just before. Well, until next week, you should be raging down the freeway in some branded Talk Tall to Me merch, which you can get at our T Public page. Go wild. Get a cap. Don't stay forever in your limbo. Branch out by subscribing to our Patreon. That'll get you our monthly bonus episodes of Outtake me and Feckless. And that is just for five American dollars a month. Oh, access to our Discord server as well. And if you want to spring for the video, that is $15 a month. You get to see us as we do things as well as video podcasts for most of the Feckless as well. And I just got a new haircut. Omen's haircut is on fleek, as the kids said Definitely. 10 years ago. Definitely. And I can't say enough good things about the Discord chat. It is just such a delight to s- watch that community interact with each other internationally. And, and uh, it's really a lovely space. It's very wholesome. Very wholesome. Some great, great resources there, tall and otherwise. Until next week, do you want to see my bookworm? I'm Omen Thomas Sade. I am an aloof sparrow, Nick McGill. We should have exercised some judgment, but we are the Feckless momes. And how about you try this wee sensation? Talk tell to me. Oh, <laughs> I, I like that.
1: Packing oh. seeds. Oh, oh. oh, my goodness. I thought you were going to take me in your talons. caw
0: Hey, little sparrow. Oh. I see you sitting here on this schoolyard wall. Oh, tweet, tweet. I was just picking
1: some uh, some grains out of the cracks. The uh, the grasses are really prolific. This time of year I read about them.
0: Yeah, yeah. I can see that stack of books over there, sparrow.
1: Yeah, yeah. They're pretty great. I'm really going to get my, my degree in, in birdology.
0: Yeah, let me let me ask you something about that degree in birdology. Does that does that help you help you meet other sparrows Ooh, by any chance?
1: I'm not really a flock bird, if you know what I mean. I'm perfectly capable of preening myself. I uh, I like to sit on a tree by myself and contemplate, um, you know, the theoretical concepts of worms.
0: Yeah, I can see the appeal for that. If you're a dead bird.
1: Oh, why would you say that? Also, how are you? Wearing a leather jacket.
0: Sparrowhawks are so cool that we can fly with leather jackets. (laughs) How do you do that? I don't know. I'm not a scientist. I'm just badass, little sparrow. Maybe you should try it sometime. Get off of your branch and get out there. Maybe visit a pond or a bush or a puddle and meet other birds. Oh, I don't know about that.
1: Sparrow. I was talking to Tommy. Tommy the sparrow. And he, he said that uh, he was, he was going to try swooping, and I watched him swoop. Uh, he was going down by the pond. He was, he was going to catch a gnat in his tiny little little beak, and uh, chomp. He got, he got eaten up by a turtle. He got wet and dead.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Made me never want to swoop. Never swoop, they say. You know what, Little Sparrow? If he had survived, think about the story. Oh. Think about the story oh, yeah. he could tell. Oh, wow. I never thought of it that way. He survived a snapping turtle. It'd be
1: so cool to write a book like that. I could make it all up, and I would never have to experience it directly, huh?
0: But it won't be believable, you know that. And all all the editors tell you to write what you know. What are you going to write, (laughs) Birdseed? Oh, you're so right, Sparrowhawk. I don't know what I was
1: thinking. I did think about reading, I did think about writing a manual on Birdseed, but what would be the point? There's a thousand of them.
0: Exactly.
1: I'd rather write I Swooped a Thousand Times by Sparrow. A Sparrow.
0: That would be a bestseller. You'd get all of the seed you want. You'd get all of the tail feathers you want. You wouldn't have to live on this schoolyard wall. You might even be able to afford a birdhouse. What?
1: Oh, that's crazy talk. You got me thinking all kinds of things now. My my little brain bird is spinning with a thousand wheels and schemes. I almost want to I almost want to flap these tiny little wings.
0: Do it, Sparrow. Oh, do it. I'm going to do it. Fly away.
1: I'm going to do it. Do it. I'll do it for you. Do you want to come with me? Are we in love?
0: Are we dating now? I will fly up a little higher. You follow me. Go for it.
1: Okay. <laughs> Scree!
0: <gasps> well, that was the easiest lunch I've had in a while. I guess I'll go listen to Talk Tall to Me, which is a proud member of the Feckless Mom's Audio Network.